Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special Glass Tire podcast. My name is Brandon Zeck. And I'm Christopher Blay. And you're actually not going to be hearing that much from me for this podcast because, Christopher, for this podcast, you and our uh, social media and events editor, William Saradet, went to the Dallas Museum of Art and recorded on-site in the Speechless Different by Design exhibition that they have right now. Um, It's up through March 22nd, and it's a different kind of art exhibition. Yeah, this is the interactive sort of tactile experience that uh, the DMA has installed. And the sort of tagline and driving... uh, is to experience the art without um, a lot of wall text or direction, but also physically experience the art by being able to touch it and interact with it. And these are, correct me if I'm wrong, these are six different uh, rooms, six different types of installations, and they engage with a bunch of, you know, all of the different senses that we have. So there's there's no eating, but there's, uh, there's right. things that impact uh, touch, environments that are meant to essentially be like, they're meant to A, envelop you. Some of them are meant to be climbed on. It's almost... I, I feel like we've kind of said uh, among staff that this is the show that would transcend art museum or children's museum. Exactly. And we previewed it, uh, was it in January when we went to Dallas? And we're going to set up in and uh, just talk to people about their experiences with the exhibition. But it is, as you said, um, there are sound crystals uh, sound vibrations, um, a globe that you can sort of put your ear to and listen in. And um, there's a program that sort of mines the internet and uh, replaces the, the spoken word with um, visual information drawn from the internet. So each word is interpreted as a photograph and it's done in real time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's also constantly changing. It's a great computer program. It's maybe the least interactive, like actually interactive physical touch part of the show, but at the same time, it's this really cool kind of digital art. Yeah, and there are also uh, scrolls that was sort of a participatory um, installation. And you'll see when you go in uh, where over a couple of hundred people um, in different cities created these rolled up scrolls that are inserted into um, squares that make up a cubed room that you can experience. Um, So there's a lot of touching and a lot of um, listening and visual experience in this exhibition. And we actually did run a review of this show by the 2019 North Texas Art Writing Prize winner, Matthew Debick. Uh, He wrote a great review for us. But, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to get out and actually talk to people in this show is because it is so much about personal experience and it's so much about it's it's different than going and looking at art at a normal museum. So while running a review of it is a great way to tell someone's experience of it and also talk about the show, we thought it could also be interesting to talk to people and get a myriad reactions to the show kind of in real time from the people, from the visitors on a night at the DMA. Yeah, and one of the things that I anticipate people will talk about a lot is the uh, the room uh, that everyone is calling sort of the the inflatable room, and there are a series of 
um, massive plastic um, inflatable spheres that are covered with uh, uh, printed tapestry that inflate and deflate uh, over a period of, I think, about seven minutes. And uh, it allows you to sort of sit in the experience and be inflated out of it, or you can simply observe what's happening in the room. And it's very colorful, and I think it's one of those things that um, kids and adults can get a kick out of. It, it, it's really playful, and I think it'll be a great experience. With that, I think unless, Christopher, you have anything else to add, uh, we're going to jump right into the interviews what you and William did. Yes, let's jump right in. Y'all enjoy. Enjoy it. Can I have your name? I'm Kelly. Kelly. And you are? Joanna. Joanna and? Walker. Walker. Uh, what, what can you guys tell me about your experiences, uh, particularly in there? I just saw you walk out of the, uh, the with the crystals. Well, I think that Speechless is a good title for the exhibition. I don't know what to say about exactly. It's an amazing experience. It was uh, interesting to basically hear the way your hands moved, hear the way your body moved, and the way that the sound changed as you moved, and then kind of transfixed on the way the water was. <laughs> I noticed that uh, we were trying to figure out where the vibrations were coming from. I felt a little bit in the ground, but there was also like the surface was just really replicating it. Did you think, sorry, did you think the lights were interacting with the water? Uh, it, it seems, well, I have a bit of a cheat because I was here when they were installing it, and I know that there's a speaker underneath there that the sound makes the, the shapes of the vibrations on the water. But, um, yeah, the, the moving of the crystals. Everything they said, and then my next thought was, what would it be like to be the person who has to stand there for hours on end? Because I think eventually that sound would start making me go a little crazy. Yeah, it starts off very sort of like uh, meditative. And I think if you're in there alone, you get that experience. But with everyone and just sort of the cacophony, it becomes more yeah. <laughs> disruptive than meditative. We asked the gentleman who was working there, and he said that he's just gotten good at kind of tuning it out and and uh, going with it. But yeah, <laughs> I think I'm sensorily overstimulated by a lot of things, so that's what I'm learning from this exhibit. <laughs> Have you guys checked out any of the other rooms? Anything stand out? I enjoyed the the globe that you could hug and hear things through. Uh, it took us. I think we didn't know how to interact with it at first, so that was fun. They thought I was crazy when they first saw me <laughs> hugging it. Yeah, I think it just it feels natural to hug it, and then it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like the crystals. It feels like very. Um, I think there are a lot of parts of this exhibition where you feel embraced uh, with either sound or. Uh, sort of like color and things like that so well tell me your names again and I'll thank you Joanna thank you Kelly Walker thank you guys so much for taking the time what's your name Elizabeth Wallace we're with lasttire.com and we're just kind of getting people's uh, responses to the exhibition so um, which other 
works in the Speechless exhibition are you drawn to? Um, the scroll work, of course, is really beautiful, and it's kind of cool to be able to walk in uh, with the little, you know, shoe things and get to walk and touch along the, because you usually don't get that experience. It's kind of funny, the one with the speech where every word they pull from Google, like the first image search of that, that's just sort of uh, amusing. And then it's really cool, the one with the inflatables that gradually inflate and deflate with the abject stripes beneath them. Uh, like laying under one, you feel, begin to fill there, and you're almost just kind of pulled into a hug by the machine. That's kind of, that one also is particularly neat. Uh, the sound one isn't as much my interest, but still a lot of fun to kind of see where you catch things on different uh, levels. But How did you uh, interact with the inflating um, room? Um, depends. Of course, the first time I had to kind of stand there and figure out what was going on and hear things kind of move in and out, I put on some noise-canceling headphones because it is very loud, the machine, and at first I tried to find one that I could sit on. You're supposed to wait until like they're after they're, you know, kind of deflated, not while they're inflating, and then you wait for it to kind of blow up, so you right. have to sit there for a long while, but then uh, it pulls on, and then on one of them that was more stretched out like a couch, I just laid on it, just on my back. <laughs> I had plenty of room and uh, got to feel basically almost kind of enveloped, which is kind of cool. So, yeah. Would you say that was your favorite room, or do you have another room? Uh, probably that one is uh, my favorite because of kind of the touch and context. Although the scrolls would be cool, especially if I know there were times where uh, if I'd been able to make it to make one of the scrolls, I might have viewed that differently because then I'd be, you know, like, well, that one's fine. But, uh, <laughs> As it was, I didn't, but there were some of those that I like kind of the coloration on and running my fingers over and feel the texture of. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Can I get your name and where you're from? Brianna. I'm from McKinney. McKinney? Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so you've just done a full tour of Speechless. Yeah, any first impressions? I was... Uh, I was a little nervous to like to, to touch everything or like lean into it like it was ingrained not to and then I was there was a kid in front of me and he was like going at it and I and then I just did what he did until I felt comfortable yeah <laughs> right I, 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 I can't stop smiling it was amazing <laughs> yeah it's it's funny how we're not accustomed to really engaging with our bodies anything more than our eyes and I think that's kind of part of what the exhibition is about that we get to see and, and touch and feel and smell and hear. Um, do you have any of the installations that really stand out to you or connect with you? Uh, the one where you're, I guess it's the Sound of the Earth, Chapter 2. Like, By Yuri Suzuki. I feel like that's one where you could stay for a while and every time it would change or it would be um, like, a, it's sort of like a secret that unfolds for everyone, like maybe different places you're listening and you're hearing different sounds or you're um, remembering things. Like I didn't realize, because it's all dark and everything is very um, blank. And so you're listening and you're associating with like memory of sound, which I know I have memory of smell and I have memory of sight and place, but like a sound was very um, uh, overwhelming, and but, well, but in a good way. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's, it's, there's not really any lighting in there. The orb itself that these... these it's, it's blank uh, and, and neutral, but uh, very um, inviting. 
in in a way. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been to the Rothko Chapel? It kind of sort of reminds me of that a little bit. It's also very black. <laughs> right, right. There's a couple, I read about a couple that goes to the Rothko Chapel once a year and they just sit together. Just to, just together once a year. And I think that's the same. Like you can go in there and just be, just be. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a lovely feeling inside uh, Yuri Suzuki's Sound of the Earth Chapter 2. I agree. Brianna, you said? Brianna, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you. It was fun. <laughs> Can I ask your name and, and where you're coming from tonight? I am coming from my house. Excellent. Uh, what's your name? Juan. Are you enjoying the exhibition tonight? Yes. What are you enjoying about it? It's fun. Yeah? Which, uh, which parts have been the most fun for you? The blowing up one. What did you do in there? I sat on it and it blew up. Yeah, how does it, uh, can you like describe how it blows up? Like, <gasps> Yeah, they're big, uh, like, big sheets of vinyl that get inflated and they expand. Do you get to sit on the sculptures? Yeah, it's like, you sit and then it goes, yeah, that's a great description. And what did you say about tonight? You said it's you said it's fun. No, tonight is the what? Tonight is the best night ever. Yeah, tonight's the best night ever. Um, are th were there any other installations you enjoyed in this room? That one. The the big black orb. Put one in there. Oh, cool. Excellent. You recorded something in there? It was like a big horn. Yeah, but tell me the name of the horn that you did. It was a shofar. A shofar? Cool. That's awesome. Well, I hope you have, uh, I hope you enjoy your evening and have lots of fun tonight. Uh, can I have your name? Sarah. And you are? Ty. Todd and Sarah, what is your imp impression about the exhibition so far? I think it's pretty cool. It's very hands-on. You can actually touch the art, whereas usually you can't touch anything. You have to t stand like 10 feet back. So it's very interactive. It's like you're wondering what's going on. You don't really understand it. It looks cool. If you're into taking pictures, you can take pictures. It's really cool. This is one of my favorite exhibits since the Frida exhibit. So, uh, what is uh, the? Have you visited all the rooms so far? don't really know the names of each one. No, that's fine. Uh, you can describe it. Okay, so the light vibration to sound. <laughs> it's in that room. It's by Ichi, uh, Ichi Archibong. Yes, that one's probably the main showing, I think. Um, yeah. It's really cool. Super fascinating. Uh, I would say my favorite part, the, it really explains um, speechless. Everything is, like you said, hands-on. Um, you hear it, you see it, you feel it without having to actually speak on the art. And I think that's a different thing for art. Um, yeah. Usually you look at it and you think you have to speak on art. And that's yeah, one thing. Even this me trying to explain it, I'm pretty much speechless right. <laughs> in explaining. Yeah, and I, it feels like it's the double intention of the curators to both leave you without anything other than an emotional connection, yeah. but it's also it doesn't require you to say anything or read anything. Yeah. Unless you're on a podcast for glasstire.com <laughs> where we ask you about your feelings about it. But thank you both so much.
So can I get your name? Demarcus. And you are? Mesa. <laughs> okay. Demarcus Mesa, uh, what are your thoughts so far in the spaces that you've entered? I personally like it a lot, but I also drag them here. <laughs> okay. I like the, uh, the sound room with the different noises. That was cool. Yeah. Describe it to me. What was your experience? Um, I think it was just interesting to uh, hear different sounds like around the world. Like uh, that's like kind of the weird beauty of life is we never really stop to just like listen. And so being in that room and listening to different noises just makes you appreciate life. Yeah, it, it sort of settles you down for a moment. Yeah. And my experience with it is a lot of people have been like embracing it. Yeah. Have you? Did you do that? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else in there? Have you seen anything else so far? No, I loved the room with the silks uh, and the, I don't know what they're called, but they were like expanding. And the not inflatable a, uh, orbs, yeah. It was, I, I saw like a news thing where they basically said it was like the room was breathing and I would agree. It was fun. <laughs> Well, thank you both very much for participating. What's your name? Barry. Have you had an opportunity to go to all the spaces yet? Yes. Tell me um, what your, your impression is. Uh, well, first of all, I think it's interesting because most of the time when you go into an art museum, they have the, li you know, the little line on the floor. You're not supposed to go past, and you know, if you accidentally step a, your toe over, they're like, hey, you know, they have somebody to police you, make sure you step back from it. So it's interesting to be in a museum space and have all of these exhibits have to do with, yes, you can actually touch the artwork. It's, it's an interesting feeling. It's almost like you're doing something like you shouldn't be doing, but you're allowed to do it. Yeah, it's a little transgressive when you, you're almost looking around your shoulders to see if someone's watching you and uh, allowing you to touch it. Uh, was there any particular room that uh, you sort of experienced longer than others? Um, let's see. I did like the Oracle, the way that, uh, you know, they had the, the, those lit structures control. Yeah, the, the crystal with light and sound. Yes. Mm -hmm. How it controlled, you know, they had the water and you could actually see the sound vibrations was really interesting. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm reading the sign up here saying something about being able to, uh, uh, to touch sound and hear place and picture thoughts. It's just kind of um, being able to see sound, it feels like that's what's happening in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your name? Ashley. And you are? Omar. Omar, Ashley, uh, what room did you just come out of and what was your experience there? I don't know the name. Oh, it's, uh, we just call it the inflatables. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, how, uh, what was your experience? Tell me about it. Um, it was cool. I wish I had more time to hang out in there. Um, I love how you, it's fully immersive and um, you can feel, touch, experience the art rather than just look from five feet away. Um, it's also, it takes some getting used to. Um, having gone to many museums and being terrified of 
touching the art or accidentally falling into the art, sitting on it is a little different. Yeah. Uh, was your experience the same? Did, is that the room that sort of drew you the most or is there something else in this space? Well, it's a very unique perception, you know, just like she explained, you can actually touch the artwork and it's very different from just seeing a painting. It's a very unique experience in there. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is I, they just have very simple signage. So you, it's almost like you're not really directed on how to interact with it. It doesn't directly tell you touch, sit, feel this. It just has pictures showing people doing those things to be interpreted. Well, thank you both so much for stopping in. Yeah, what have you have you made a tour through the entire show yet? I have. Oh, excellent. Is this your first or, or multiple time? My fourth. Oh, lovely. That's yeah. great. Do you mind if I ask your name and where you're coming from? Tim from Plano. All the way from Plano. We're so glad that you made it in. What does the show evoke for you that keeps you coming back? This show, I like the sensual feel of it, so you can actually touch something, because you seldom ever get that in a museum. Right. You're not, you're not really uh, normally allowed to touch priceless paintings. Correct. Anything in any museum, actually, to begin with. So this is one a little bit different, special. Yeah, totally. Does... Uh, have you gotten anything out of it that you haven't, that you don't normally get from museum shows that we're describing? The sensual touch and the colors is, is probably the biggest aspect of it. There's also maybe a social component that you're all experiencing and feeling these things at the same time as compared to um, huddled in the center of the room looking outward. That's not as many people here today. Yeah, but when it's crowded, you're right, it's far, far more social. It's a lot of interaction and people talk about it. Do you have a favorite installation of the group? The house with the little circles in it. Yeah, that one has a pretty big social component to it as well. Um, communities between Atlanta and Dallas that the artists gathered to. Well, the people, when, I have, when I'm in there with people, they talk. And not all the exhibits, you're, you're talking to each other. Right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe there's something to do with um, the structure or the fact that it's carpeted. It's so stimulating. Yeah. Excellent. Tim from Plano, yes. thanks for speaking with us today. Thank you. This is awesome. I love it. Um, I've been here so many times. I have a, like an in-home daycare, and I've been here with uh, like four to six kids, and they love this exhibit. Like They beg to come here and see this exhibit, so it's wonderful. It's especially, uh, I got some great photos in the, the, the first, you know, with the rolls of fabric. Uh -huh. and the kids just love all the textures and that they're able to like step on and touch everything and the fact that you can sit on the furniture and you know have it be pushed off I mean it's fantastic so yeah I it would be interesting to see it from a kid's perspective uh, you just came out of the uh, inflatables yes I think that was very creative it seemed like uh, the artist probably uh, had a great imagination and maybe began the the art with not sure what that was going to be at the end and it turned out to be fabulous yeah a lot of the experience is just sort of like um, I think you described it as uh, the room breathing just like we need to breathe mm -hmm. yes it had such a playful experience and joyful colors mm -hmm. have you uh, observed other people interacting with it while you're in there 
Yeah, I think a lot of people wanted to sit down and, and be blown off of a, a chair. So we weren't that adventurous. <laughs> it's such a playful, like you said, a very playful experience. And um, it feels like without uh, any strong text or suggestion, you kind of explore it. And mm -hmm. Yes, that you can create your own story, your own images from it. Yeah, we, um, we were both looking at the same thing and have different interpretations of what that might be, like a face or, a, um, or some other kind of construction. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really beautiful experience. And thank you so much for taking a moment to share. I'm Carrie Butcher. Um, I work at the Dallas Museum of Art in the Center for Creative Connections as the gallery manager. I really want to get... Uh, I'm really trying to get people to tell me what other artworks they think are referenced or that come to mind when they explore this exhibition. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I don't know if I had a specific kind of thought or reference to another artwork. I will say that Yuri's piece, The Globe Where You Listen, um, I don't know, I kind of went in my own head with that. I don't think I was specifically thinking about other artworks, but I was thinking about things in my own life that I reference in my own practice. Um, but yeah, not, I don't know if I have kind of identified any kind of other cross-references. How did uh, Yuri Suzuki's work kind of tap you into your own practice? Well, I have, you know, I went to the press preview. That was the first time I kind of encountered the whole, and all the artists were here. Um, and that was the first one I went into just because I like audio work. And I, I'm really, I was really interested to hear what kinds of sounds that he had been collecting. And he was standing right there. And the first one I leaned into, just like right when you walk in the room, it had, I don't know if I can describe this correctly, but it, it sounded like, my grandparents' living room at night, like a TV kind of crackling, but then I think it was also being crossed over with another sound that it was kind of like a tinkering or like a child's piano. I don't know, like just those two, the fusion of those two sounds were really overwhelming. And I immediately started like bawling. And he was like, oh my God, like the first person that walks in, just like, I don't know, it was a really like profound emotional response. Um, to that work in particular, um, which I wasn't really expecting. There was another person tonight earlier on that said that um, that said she kind of had a similar experience where the sounds recalled memory, and she said she was familiar with that experience with uh, smell and scent, but it was kind of novel and interesting to have that experience through sound. Uh, like sound recalling memory and she posited like maybe that's because so many of the other senses are diminished in in Suzuki's black room yeah, you're not referencing any other thing whereas most of the time especially in my job when we're developing things like the the pop-up art spot we're thinking about sensory experiences that can kind of when you're looking at a work of art how can that make you recall something from your own memory? But yeah, that's really interesting because I think sounds are very specific to a place. And you hear something and you know, oh, it's a reference from something in history, something in a particular place in time, something that's very personal. Um, but then kind of having it all, like you said, abstracted and dark, you're kind of able to like really go into your own brain and like put images to things, which I think 
a couple of individuals walked in and asked point blank if this was an exhibition for kids. And I think the short answer is no. But as someone who works at the museum who does engage with, with uh, some like youth programming fairly often, like what do you think about what this exhibition can or does say to a range of ages? I think there's this misconception when you come to museums and you're viewing artwork, and I see this a lot in the space that I work in, in C3, Center for Creative Connections, where I think adults stop engaging with their surroundings, or they're just supposed, they feel like they're just supposed to look and read and not be able to interact. It's the same when they go to like children's museums or science museums where there's a lot of hands-on things. And what's interesting about our museum is I think we do have a lot of dynamic hands-on pop-up or in-gallery experiences. And I often have conversations with adults who are like sitting down and just doing something as basic as like coloring or like touching something. And you know, they're like, oh, I'm not very creative or whatever. And then you ask them what their job is and it's like they're in fashion merchandising or like graphic designers or something that's innately creative and it's like well why why is there such a separation between you know playing and then your creative life you know I think this exhibition really ties those two together and allows that kind of freedom through sensory experience um, and kind of relates it back in a really like abstracted way to where you're not recalling a specific memory or being impacted with a lot of imagery or text it's kind of you're having your own formulations about how you feel about each experience yeah that's a good point I think this show does succeed at um, what you described and I also think it's really funny that that phenomenon happens where um, you're describing that professionals uh, adults engaging with sort of like sensory or experiential situations in art kind of tune out and think of it as maybe like a younger a younger sort of programming whereas my experience is that um, people that aren't artists or didn't go to art school when they come into art spaces they immediately uh, turn off their <laughs> there's a part of their brain that turns off that tells them they're still in like the world and they can still just interact and think normally um, sometimes when people walk into an art space, they instantaneously think of it as a magical, topsy-turvy Neverland where up is down and black is white, um, when really it's just a space where you can experience ideas and art. I think people understand things a lot more than they think they do. That is a much uh, more succinct way of saying it. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Brandon back in the studio. That wraps it up for William and Christopher's interviews at the DMA. Thank you all for listening and go touch some art.